Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 41 of the Push My Buttons Games podcast. It's me, it's Luke, I'm here, I'm joined with... Someone jump in, go! Jack-o'-lantern. Yes. Dungeon Master Mike, drinking the gentleman's jack. <laughs> Guys, I'm already juiced. <laughs> it's really... Hella juice. I just came back from a birthday party, a neighbor invited me, and he had like a... It was him and his wife, and he had this big jug of juice, and I was like, yeah, I'll have some. I have some left over in my carbs for the day, and I drank it. It wasn't juice. It was practically vodka with food coloring. Because I was like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, it's vodka. Do you like it? It's got some pomegranate. And I was like, oh. So um, that was like an hour and a half ago. And I don't know how much I've had. That's me, Dungeon Master Mike. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Captain Platinum's also here. Yes, uh, Captain Platinum and I are just coming fresh off a recording last evening of Nerd Dome podcast. Episode, we... episode 207. Yes. Are you guys all the way up there in the dual 200s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we could have been last year, but we had to stop because it got crazy. Well, um, yeah, I think a lot of people end up stopping because of the Rona. But mm-hmm. I remember I gave Ryan his big, long title. For episode, episode 100. No, it was episode 80. Was it? Oh, yeah. no, we read it out loud at episode 100, because that was our live show. And they put it on the poster behind him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Dedication to the cause. I miss Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> I know you listen. I miss you. I cannot wait to play another game of D&D with you. And we also may or may have not promised... Um, Something that you may or may not have any knowledge of, but they're making a Magic the Gathering show on Netflix, and I had uh, no idea that there was even a plot what? to Magic the Gathering. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, Brandon That's Ralph. why you wanted me to sum up the Magic the Gathering plot? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. I had no idea they were doing this show. Well, see, now you're excited, and you're really ramped up to tell us about the plot of this main line story of Magic the Gathering. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. Magic the Gathering is as complicated as WoW, World of Warcraft. Um, I was about to say they were by the same company. They're not by the same company. But <laughs> they do the give the, they do give the same kind of vibe though. They've got an overlap with each other. So many World of Warcraft players liked Magic the Gathering that they that Blizzard decided they were going to do Hearthstone, and Hearthstone is like borderline dead, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I remember um, when they were they were pimping the hell out of that for a while. Well, the thing is, it's it's Activision, right? So this is video game news. We can talk about this for a minute. Activision's destroying evidence uh, unintentionally. It's just sheer incompetence by shredding HR papers after thirty days when they should be keeping it for five years. But mm-hmm. that's the news itself. Anyway, um, it's more of like an Activision thing. Because Activision was the one that gave the that that body was the one that made the the call of we're going to nix Heroes of the Storm, which was their very really successful MOBA, and then mm-hmm. they were like, okay, we're going to stop competitive play uh, for a bunch of our other stuff for StarCraft. That's dead. Uh, Diablo three barely getting anything. Uh, we're going to pretty much just focus on World of Warcraft because that is a subscription, and um, Hearthstone was like. It's it's on the ventilator, um, and so that's because Activision's scummy, and none of the games that Blizzard has is 
currently really fully being supported by any teams. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, yeah. But don't worry. Activision will still pump out them Call of Duties. Oh, yeah. The world would, the world would have to end for us to not have a Call of Duty game. They'd shut. They'd shut the. They could shut down Activision Blizzard, and it wouldn't matter. EA would have picked up Call of Duty before the uh, before the announcement of the closure and hired everybody because that's what EA does. They just eat other companies, and and then we would still have Call of Duty. Did you say eat or yeet? Just want to make sure. Both. <laughs> yes. Yes is the answer to that question. <laughs> It's like head or yet, you know, just just double checking. Except yet is not a word. All right, uh, <laughs> Captain Platinum, tell me about some games you're playing right now. Uh, basically, just been playing Lego Harry Potter, uh, year t- uh, the years five through seven, which is the second game. I'm almost done. Finished up the uh, campaign and been going back through getting all those gold bricks and uh, crests and everything. You know, the the collector part of it. Um, but do you but, get to play as a Hufflepuff? Uh, you can actually, yes. Good news. Yeah, yeah. So that's a. There's, I just needed a game where I was like, I didn't feel like streaming on Twitch, so I, I put down Horizon Zero Dawn for a few minutes. Because mm-hmm. um, and plus I was having the problems with Twitch on my PS5, and I finally figured out the problem. So I think it's all going to work now. So that Good. should be. Um, so I'm ready to hop back into Horizon, but I was like, let me just finish up Lego Harry Potter because I'm I'm at like 75% complete or something like that overall. So I'm pretty darn close to mm. the the platinum. So cool. What about what about you, Dungeon Master? Okay, I am into three things right now. Um, Yakuza Four. I have fully revived. Um, Yakuza, as everyone yes. knows, yes. I tend to put things on the back burner when I need a break, and then I pick them right back up later on. Yakuza was one of those. I have, I, I'm always on a Yakuza high, but I was at the point where the chocolate cake was getting too sweet, so I needed to put it away. <laughs> and now I'm just a fat kid on Matilda, you know, being punished in front of the school, just shoving that that chocolate cake in my face. It's so wonderful. Um, Yakuza 4 is different because that was the first game, not chronologically from the story of Yakuza, but it was the first game first game published that featured new characters. Mm-hmm. And one of those characters... Okay, so also, here's something else about Yakuza. Aside from some crucial characters like Kiru, uh, Majima, Seijima is another one. Uh, there was, most of the characters are designed, especially the villains. And this goes... This is doubly true for judgment um they're designed after actual japanese actors they will face face capture them they will capture their their voice for their lines they will motion capture them so it's essentially those actors in a specific role but japan has a hard line attitude when it comes to drugs like you think the 80s in the united states was really bad with drugs japan completely disowns you as a person if you have like adderall in your possession so they there was there's a, a playable character in Yakuza 4 that I'm really excited to get to. And he was accused of having cocaine, of either distributing it or using it or whatever it may be. So that character has never, ever, ever, ever returned in Yakuza. But in Yakuza 4, I apparently I, I not me, but I apparently this character that never comes back ever again 
is hinted at as coming back. So I kind of want to see this particular character's story in Yakuza 4 and how it ended so abruptly because it's kind of a study for me of how um, of how this kind of went wrong. Um, the guy eventually turned out to be acquitted, but the damage was already done. He was never right. coming back for another Sega title at all. So this is kind of like a character that got lost to time. Uh, so yeah, Yakuza 4, I'm playing through that. I'm playing Seijima, which if you don't know who he is, um, he is like the third most popular character in Yakuza. And he's barely being introduced in the game that I'm playing. So like his real coming of age, not coming of age, but like coming into his character, I guess apparently happens in Yakuza 5 and 6. So okay. um, I'm playing as him right now. I played as another character who returns. Uh, yeah, so Yakuza 4 is already in full-fledged. The other things that I'm playing are the Pokemon card game. Uh, I got into it with Michelle. I literally just spent $200 in Pokemon cards today. Mm. He's addicted. Mm. No, I'm not addicted. It's my lifeblood. <laughs> it's in me, man. It's he, He's basically... And now I'm picturing Mike I, rolling into a Pokemon tournament, right? Cards in hand, <laughs> but he's dressed as like the Pokemon Tiger King. So he's got the mullet <laughs> and the mustache, but yeah, he's got my, like the Ash Ketchum shirt on. All my opponents are like eight-year-old kids. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm just like, boom, motherfucker! <laughs> it's just some seven-year-old kid just trying to enjoy Pokemon. <laughs> he's like, my dad bought me these. And he flipped <laughs> the table on his ass. So, uh, funny story about that in other video game news. There, uh, Pokemon Unite is the new MOBA. That's Pokemon. And there was a guy who was streaming on it, Charizard underscore TTV. His name is Jose Ramirez. And he's just like, why is this guy acting like... A fucking eleven-year-old. What? What is he doing? This and he was just totally criticizing the person. He's like, if I was a voice chat, I would be screwing this guy. I would be yelling at him. And then, like, all, all the reporter did was he just reported on the things that were happening. You realize that really was like a ten-year-old or nine-year-old that was playing <laughs> with him. Because he was giving the emoji, like, let's have a fun game, guys. And then he was saying, like, what an asshole. Who would do that? <laughs> a, a genuine child? Maybe. Genuine, yeah. So no. I feel like if I if I went into a Pokemon card tournament, which they're not having right now because the majority mm. of Pokemon card players are children who can't get vaccinated. Right. So um, because of that, there are no Pokemon tournaments. But if I was, I, I would be Tiger King. Mm-hmm. I'd be like flipping tables oh, in front of a child. I, I feel like we need someone to draw this as well. Mm. Dungeon Master Mike as the Tiger King. Yes. Pokemon Tiger King. I just took a swig of Jack and that hit me hard. <laughs> uh, okay, right. so, so Yakuza, yes. Pokemon cards. And then Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction. Not mm-hmm. Diablo Resurrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panda Pat convinced me just through her enthusiasm alone she convinced me to give diablo 2 a shot same um, i will be doing the same when it comes out yes i i don't know if i'm going to be playing resurrected or not i still have not decided uh, if you've listened luke to our previous episodes yes. you know i'm i'm pretty conflicted about the whole thing yes. panda pat's on the side of i'm going to play it because she wants to support the developers i don't right. know what, what side i'm going to go so i'm playing currently Old Diablo 2, because there is a mod called Median XL, which completely revamps the game. And mm-hmm. I want to play that with Panda Pat. 
So um, I have played a Necromancer, but then I think I messed up the build, so I have to start over again. I played a Barbarian. He was boring. I played a Paladin, which is like one of the more famous builds, the Hammerdin. I thought the Paladin was boring. Um, <laughs> I started the Assassin last night, and that was pretty fun. And I think I'm going to start an Amazon. I think I'm going to just kind of like play five or six levels of each class and figure out which one figure I want to play out, yeah. the game with. Yeah, that's probably smart. You know, you already know what I'm going to play. So there's really no... The Barbarian. Yeah, yeah Kratos. Yeah. You're going to call him yep. Kratos. He actually has probably. the same tattoos as Kratos. See, there we go. Yeah, and he can be a dual sword wielder too. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been into. Cool. Um, I've been... So uh, last week we were supposed to record, um, but I was in <laughs> Denver... You were I was supposed, supposed to, record. to record. I was in Denver, and we had a tornado hit, so that was fun. Oh, you didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I ended up leaving because it hit on Thursday when I was supposed to record Nerd Dome, and our hotel lost power, so I didn't get any power. And then the internet never came back up, even till Friday morning. Um, so I was trying to make a run and get out of there so I could get back here to salt lake city in time to record but by recording time i was like in the middle of wyoming and i was like i'm not even gonna make it but yeah i survived a tornado but um so i was playing i brought my xbox you know to just kind of i wasn't expecting to play anything online but the new the new madden game had come out so and i pre-purchased it and i pre-downloaded it so it was all ready and good to go um and i had early access i have the ea the EA play or whatever they're calling it. That's a part of the game pass. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to play it. This is going to be awesome. The day before it comes out for me to be able to play, they say, Oh, sorry. There was a, a, an issue with anyone that has pre downloaded this or used the free trial. You will have to re download the entire game to play it. And I was like, are you? No, no, I, I'm not on hotel Wi-Fi downloading a whole new game because it will take <laughs> the entire rest of my trip. So I was upset about that, but I did end up playing a little bit of the call of duty cold war. Um, just run around, kill bots. Cause I couldn't even play online with a steady connection. Um, but, uh, and this is, this is an update from last night, even for you, Jamie. So I, I got the, the Xbox series S I ordered it uh, via the Amazons last night. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning to them asking for more money for it because they decided to change the price from two ninety nine to four ninety nine. So I said <laughs> no. So I am wow. not. Yeah, they they just like we or, it already went through. It was charged. Everything was ready to go, and they changed their mind on how much they wanted to sell it for. And I said, "You can't. We bought it. You can't do that." So this was an individual seller on Amazon who it decided was, they wanted more money? I'm not sure. It was Amazon. It was Prime Delivery. It was Prime Now. It said fulfilled by Amazon. I don't know any anything after that, but I was just, I was like, I woke up this morning. I was just like, whatever. Goodbye. I was only getting it because it was my hold me over next gen console till I could get the real one that I wanted. So I'm just like, I'll, I'll just keep waiting. I was, but I was crushed this morning. So my my day has been fantastic because that was the trajectory it went most of the day. But better now because we're here talking about video games. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Call of Duty, Madden, 
Um, I downloaded. I redownloaded The Witcher Three to try that again because I feel like that, I should. That's that's a good thing to try. I was really into it, and I got close to the end, but then that was when I moved to Baltimore, and then my games were right. in transit. Mm. So then you I lost was, the vibe. Yeah, then I lost the vibe for it. So like, I still have my Witcher game. So honestly, what I what I think would probably work the best for me is if I were to buy it on PC for cheap, like fifteen bucks, right? Twenty bucks. And then download a mod cheat, and then just give myself like an all-powerful Geralt, which, and then just opinion, plow through the story. Yeah, which, which, right. in my opinion, Geralt should already be that powerful. Mm-hmm. That's just me, but um, that's the only way I'm going to complete it now because I got close to the end, and then when I moved, I, I just lost all momentum. Right. Um, I also just remembered that I did end up getting and playing a little bit of the uh, the new Ass Effect. Um, legendary edition oh cool yeah How, i picked that up and i i've got i got literally to the point that i always get to when i replay when i try and play mass effect to the part where as after the intro and you're on the citadel and you're running around talking to people that's the most boring part of all yes. of mass effect one yes and i'm trying to power through it because i always get to this point every time i try and play it and i'm like just where Dude, do i who so is the i person? said this i don't know how many episodes ago i said this um, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition, it's currently installed on my machine. I have it put away. Uh, it's on my shelf right now. Mm-hmm. But like I was talking about like the jump from Mass Effect 1 to 2 is so insane. Um, yeah. Like, really, I, I, I got through the introduction of Mass Effect 2, and mm-hmm. I literally just took a step forward, and it already felt instantly better because like even just – movement is mm-hmm. so designed so much better like literally mass effect 2 i next time i replay it i don't know if i'm even going to touch mass effect 1 mass effect 1 is good i like the story of one but right. it's mechanically archaic and it's it's funny i was talking to panda pat about that and she was like i didn't like the the over the shoulder shooting mechanic i'm like you're a gears of war fan what are you <laughs> talking about but yeah i don't get that Um, but I'm trying, you're weird. (laughs) I'm trying to power through it because I know I mostly want this, the, like, cause I know there's the save data pullover from mass effect one. Yes. Um, that's why I'm trying to plow through it. I'm not doing any of the side quests. I'm like, let me just go straight forward. Let me make my decisions. You know, let me, let me just, just do me. Um, but yeah, I'm, so I'm trying to power through that. Um, I'm probably going to try and jump into a little bit of it uh, tomorrow night and just see if I can get through the Citadel part and get off just, that damn station. Just skip. Like, I mean, don't do any of the side quests in the Citadel. Just right. do just the main stuff and just get through as fast as you can. Right. Because, like, uh, really, Mass Effect 1, now I'm thinking about it, it's, it's short because um, it's pretty much the Citadel and then there are three main missions – and mm-hmm. then there's the final mission. But cool. the reason why it takes so long is because there's a lot of side quests there. So, and like relationship stuff and yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. it takes so long. But really yeah. after the Citadel, you got three main missions and then you have the end mission. Uh, and I can I can walk you through like Yeah, I might I might have that. to I might have to get a hold of you when I have like okay, listen, I don't care about this. I just need to know where to go. 
Yeah, and then like maybe spend time on the stuff that just seems interesting to you. Right, right. It's not Mass Effect One, especially uh, like because you and I, I feel like you and I have the same flavor when it comes to mechanics of games. Right, right. Um, I I stuck with all of Mass Effect One because I I I liked the story, but the mechanics. Dude, the mechanics really suck. It's an yeah. old, old, old game, and the remaster, mm. they literally just ported it. Well, they didn't just literally port they, it. They, they changed the aspect ratio. Yeah. <laughs> and got um, rid of the asses. Uh, knowing you, I would say just just muscle through it and then just hit the main story. Right. Uh, and then and then just get to Mass Effect 2. Because Mass Effect 2 really is. It's about 10 times better. It's right. Just, even the movement is so much better. Yeah, that's that's really what I'm what I'm hoping for, and I'm hoping that I can get through a big chunk of it this this weekend, probably starting tomorrow afternoon. Um, but anyway, I have some news for us. News, um, news. <laughs> so uh, Overwatch announces that it will change McCree's name, who was named after a former Blizzard developer. I've got um, opinions about that. Okay, so uh, Blizzard and Overwatch developers have announced it's changed the name of the hero formerly known as McCree. The hero was named after Blizzard employee Jesse McCree, who was, previous, who was previously lead designer on Diablo 4, but is no longer at the company. In the statement of the official Overwatch Twitter account, the developers announced that it will change McCree's name to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. Furthermore, oh the developers announced that going forward, in-game characters will no longer be named after real employees. Um, McCree's, name was, <laughs> McCree's name was taken directly from Jesse McCree. However, McCree was one of the three senior Blizzard employees no longer working at the company following California's lawsuit against Blizzard for widespread gender discrimination. When reached for comment uh, on this Polygon article, uh, Activision Blizzard declined uh, to specify whether McCree left the company or was fired. Um, and so it says Jesse McCree was a well-known senior developer, but in the ensuing investigations since the Activision Blizzard lawsuit revealed that McCree was part of the Cosby crew, a group of developers who would host alcohol field parties uh, in the so-called Cosby suite. Right, right. We talked um, about that, yeah. Yes. Uh, the decision to change the character's uh, name is not the first instance of this happening in a Blizzard game following the lawsuit. A World of Warcraft NPC named after a Blizzard developer, Alex Afrab. Afrasiabi, or or if you if you want to pronounce it easier, uh, motherfucker asshole. Yes, uh, uh, is better. <laughs> yes, name. Uh, yeah. He was he was fired in 2020 following an internal review of his actions. But Mike, let's get your feelings on this. Okay, so um, Blizzard. Hey, you listening in? Yeah, yeah, I know you are. Okay, Blizzard. Maybe you should never treat senior management like rock stars and name characters that are going to be in your IPs for untold years to come after said rock stars. Because now you're caught with your pants down and your dick isn't very impressive. (laughs) You know what? And now you got to change it. And how does that feel, Blizzard? Why do you do that? Why did you name characters after Afrasiabi? Like, that's one thing, because they were just NPCs in World of Warcraft. Mm. But you named a main character after a goddamn senior designer because you thought he was hot shit, and he was in the Cosby (laughs) crew. What are you going to do? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Uh, Ratcon, I guess. But you know what? That character is always going to be tied Right to this shit. 
And you know, what? you know who, you know who's going to have to answer questions about this for no reason at all, but they'll want to get his hot take on it is Matt Mercer because he is the voice of he McCree, it. and they're going to now have to, you know, this nice, nice, hu- great human being is going to have to be like, listen. Yes, it's the vo- I'm the voice of the character. I had absolute, and he's going to have to at well, least for a month or two. Matt, Matt Mercer. Okay, so Matt Mercer actually has a little bit of an out for it because he really is. I don't want right, to say just right. the voice because that Matt Mercer. Oh yeah, he, he, he holds, does the voice. He, he holds, holds no accountability. He has no. He holds no accountability for it. But he the the thing that him still getting asked this question oh, over yes. somebody else's stupid stuff makes me angry it's easier <laughs> to change a voice actor right so like uh, heaven forbid some matt mercer did something right it's always easier to swap out the voice lines from mccree and keep the name i'd be like oh wait his voice is different that's less you know i'll, I'll use this because this this is a dumb analogy but like it, it's less um suspension of disbelief breaking when a, when it's a voice change versus a whole new name change. The only way that I can see is they want to keep like the illusion of the story of Overwatch, you know, mm. so that a player doesn't know, oh, wait, that's not, that's McCree. Right. You know, that, that breaking of reality there. Um, the only way they're going to get past that is if McCree huh. says, I'm no longer McCree. So I, I am Shadowfinger yeah. Hotshot, you know? You like, yeah. Calls him a new nickname. This or... Since he's always kind of like the edgy cowboy character, right? With the mysterious past. He reveals in a story that I actually took this name from somebody I took out. And my actual name is Nathan Unity or something shit like that. It comes right back to (laughs) it's, it's Blizzard's culture of worshiping the people that are in management positions. You should never have done that. Anytime that you make some sort, like, and and you, uh, again, going to skirt around politics here just a tiny bit. I apologize. But, like, when you make a statue of somebody or you make some sort of, like, dedication of something to somebody, that person and their history is going to be tied to that, to that, to that memoriam. If I'm even mm-hmm. speaking sense, Blizzard specializes in video games, and McCree is kind of like, you know, like a statue, like that they're dedicating to McCree. And then they turned out that he was kind of mm-hmm. like one of the big uh, perpetrators of, of sexual yeah. harassment. And it's, and it's funny. Crew. And it's funny because this isn't the first time we've seen a upper management of a video game company just that are just not good people. And then it come crashing down because back in the day, um, this same thing happened to the rockstar guys. Right. It did. And it's not a policy that should be continued. Right. It's, uh, I, I, it's not like I, I could be wrong. Uh, it's not like we really, Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say something that I'm, that I'm going okay. to regret. We, I was, we, yeah. we can move on. No, but basically, it comes down to like Blizzard. Why did you name a character that you're going to have untold years with after somebody in your company? Because all that person has to do is screw up just once, and now you're tied to that. Dumb. Yeah, it was dumb yeah, in retrospect. Yeah. It's dumb. It's dumb in the current present. Mm. Whatever. Uh, okay, so uh, Netflix's gaming service is now available, but only if you live in Poland. Ah. Um, 
So it's it's known that Netflix has been planning to branch into gaming, and it's taken another big step forward. Uh, the streaming giant announced that subscribers with an Android device can now try out its gaming service. Unfortunately, this feature is currently only available to Netflix subscribers in Poland. I wonder if you could VPN around that, um, if that works on your phone. Um, as, as noted in a recent Twitter thread, Netflix announced two games available right now in its gaming library, Stranger Things the Game and Stranger Things 3 the Game. Uh, both are playable only on Android devices, but are uh, seemingly installed and played within the Netflix app. Um, users can ex- expect no ads or in-app purchases when trying out the feature. And Netflix reaffirmed that it will not charge an additional fee to access games uh, in its service. Netflix also notes that the feature is in its very, very early days with more work to be done to refine the gaming service uh, in the coming months. Uh, and it's no surprise that Netflix announced the first two games subscribers can test are out on mobile in July ahead of its quarterly finance earnings. Netflix confirmed it was focused on mobile games first. Uh, the company also noted that it would be building on top of its earlier efforts around interactive shows like Black Mirror Bandersnatch. <laughs> hey, do you remember that one time we were playing D&D and I called Ryan's character Dragon Snatch on accident? Mm-hmm. And it stuck. <laughs> it stuck. And it stuck. <laughs> so so does does the Netflix mobile streaming gaming stuff hold any interest to you guys? No, not for me, but I have been wrong. I'm just a man. So it uh But what is a man? What is a man? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Castlevania again, so I've been waiting to say that all day. I can't wait for Castlevania to include that line eventually. But yeah, that's. Um, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. But then again, uh, it, it really. It, you could be wrong. Capital- yeah, I could be wrong. We live in a capitalistic society where, like, if the money decides to go there, then it goes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Amazon try it and fail. But, yeah, their big MMO open world thingy that they keep attempting. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's going to really work. I'll, I'll, it, it's going to be a miracle if they do. Right, Jimmy. What about you? Uh, I'm not really big on the the subscri- subscription services. I haven't done PS Now or Game Pass or anything like that. But I can mean I can be proven wrong too. I wasn't a fan of Netflix when it was originally launched. I was like, what are you doing? You're getting DVDs in the mail and then shipping them back. Right, and then look right. where we're at now. So, right. I mean, with new d- digital only consoles coming and everything, it seems to be the way mm. that everything's going as well. So, well, and then the, a, a good thing is it's not the thing that I saw on this. I was like, that's good that it's not going to charge an additional fee to access games. So if you have the, if you have Netflix, you can do it. You don't need to add another subscription to it. Yeah, and then have That's they said cool. what systems it's on? Uh, it right its right now, it's just mobile. The other right. question comes in with like internet connection speeds and all that, mm-hmm. uh, because Netflix will format its its video streaming uh, depending on how strong your internet connection is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so v- because of that, like I, I I have fast internet, but if you don't have fast internet, like you you know. It, Netflix has it right. optimized. Right. So can they duplicate that with video games? Because it would be cloud gaming. It's going right, to be right. uh, Stadia. Stadia. Yeah, yeah. Stadia, exactly mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I, I, it's 
they chose the 16-bit retro games to be the first ones, which I think is probably a smart decision instead of trying to do that's a very smart Assassin's decision. Creed or something like that. You know, yeah, that's a very smart decision. In fact, how is Stadia doing? I want I want to see it fail. <sighs> I keep hearing, I keep because I have Stadia because I got selected for their testing group back in the day uh, when Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out. I tried it on that and I had a good time playing it. I just I don't play it. Because I don't, I'm not a huge PC gamer, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not target market for it. But I mean, they keep adding stuff to my library. One day I'll sit down, and maybe what I'll do is I'll do a like a YouTube or a Twitch stream on it, and just kind of go through and show everybody what what it's uh, what it's all about. Um. But yeah. Okay. So we have uh, some Fortnite stuff. Mike, you're excited. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I'm even cautious coming into this discussion. <laughs> All right. Here is the news blurb. Uh, Fortnite is getting a Martin Luther King experience. Epic Games and Time Studios have teamed up to create Fortnite March Through Time, an all-new experience that pays homage uh, to the life and achievements of Nobel Peace Prize recipient and civil rights activist Martin Luther King Jr. Developed by members of the Fortnite community and available as of today, which was, I believe, Two three days ago, Something as of like recording, uh, the new experience allows players to witness start Dr. Martin Luther King's full "I Have a Dream" speech in game. Uh, details of the game mode were shared on the PlayStation blog, which states that players taking part in the experience will travel to a reimagined Washington D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial and U.S. National Mall, where Dr. King originally gave a speech in 1963. The experience also includes museum-inspired points of interest and mini quests that players can undertake uh, alongside one another. Those who fully complete the March Through Time experience will gain access to in-game rewards in a form of a DLC 63 spray for their lockers. Uh, in addition, the new game's March Through Time experience, Fortnite also launched a new Imposters mode, which lobbies up to 10 players. Uh, the game mode draws upon similar mechanics to the indie title Among Us. Uh, situated on a new map known as The Bridge, fans of the title are split into teams, uh, of eight agents, two imposters who are pitted against one another in a battle of wits and nerve was their announcement. Um, Jamie, what are your thoughts? I know, I know none of us are big Fortnite players, but what are your thoughts about this? Oh man. Like, do you, I get wanting to do like a historical figure and doing a point of history, but do you really go with this as like your first one? I can, I can see pros and cons to it. Um, I think dungeon master Mike's ready to like go off. He's been chomping at the bed. I well, can hear him. <laughs> I, I've, even in my drunk rage, like I got, I, 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 I'm careful around this, right? What I, what I really want to hear and see, especially when it comes to black issues, I want to hear the black community. Uh, I think they are the ones that really need to um, to kind of tell us how they feel and how this reacts to them. Because first off, there's there's a couple of things that just immediately come to mind, right? Martin Luther King is the poster boy for what's taught in schools. We're not we're not taught about like we we know a little bit about Malcolm X, but he's commonly denoted as the bad guy, which is totally. And like not even really the case. There are so many other civil rights movement activists other than Martin Luther King 
But for some reason, Martin Luther King was the most palpable. And so whenever he is featured, there are very few clips that are that are constantly used and taught, especially to me, not being black, about like, you know, like I have a dream speech, right? And the reason why is because those were his those were his less less critical speeches. He was very critical, and he was very. Um, I don't want to say like conf- confronting, but he faced the issues with with no bullshit language, and um, there are only very few that that kind of pass the history books because we live in an economy that was built off of slavery. So anytime black history is monetized like this, I'm on, I'm instantly on guard. What did the, what does the black community say about it? Right. Um, it, how much are they charging for this? And is this going to black? It's, it's free. It's, it's free. free. Yeah, it's free. That's a plus, but, um, what is the incentive to do so? What is the motive to do so? They're a big company, right? As much as I want to say, you know, hey, it being free, that's like that's good on them. What's the catch? So What's I the feel, expense? I feel like it's the um, the look what we're doing to raise uh, awareness. awareness, and that it's it's a, a complete PR thing for them. But I can yeah. I understand both sides and both react because i can see what they're aiming for i feel like what they're aiming for is they're trying to bring awareness to dr king and his message and they're trying to get it out on a platform that would actually reach younger people that are playing this like oh cool a new thing and then maybe maybe they learn something maybe maybe it changes their views on something so i can see their aspect of that but i can also see the other side where you have a, a guy who dedicated his life to nonviolence in a game that's violent. Yes. That's that, that was one of the things here. Here are my two questions. And I, and I said that um, like, so, I mean, there, there's, there is the obvious discussion that Fortnite is a, is a battle Royale where people get shot. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King was shot. Uh, even if this isn't a normal Fortnite. Uh, mode like you're still being you're still tying the battle royale genre to Martin Luther King. Um, I uh, okay, I um, I can see the advantage with because we're in a new generation. Our generation started off getting in onto the internet and playing video games, and now we have adults who have legitimate hobbies as video games. I mean, the fact that this podcast exists right, shows that. Right. Uh, it's a legitimate hobby. And now we have a new generation where like, they are really completely in it with the technology that we have today. To mm-hmm. teach them a history of lesson through these video games is a powerful tool. Um, so I can see the plus on that. But but do um, is is this exploitative in any way at all? I don't have the answer to that. Um, what is what is the gain for Fortnite, and how are they using that game? How is it be? How are they? How do they come up with this entire event, and who benefits what? And, and unfortunately, because we we're kind of waking up to. The faults of capitalism. I can't help but wonder if 
this is really just a PR stunt because in the long run, they're going to earn more money. Or is this altruistic? Or does it even matter? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, I don't think we're really going to get an answer on that, honestly. It just really makes me like careful to because I, I'm not black. I have not gone through even a a, a minute amount of what of what black people go through on a daily basis, and and to have an icon as as MLK featured in a game like this, I really want to hear how they feel and, right. and where they're coming from. I think right. that's what's most important. We gotta listen. If anything, if there's a silver lining in this whole thing, it will advocate listening to black voices, supporting black creators, supporting supporting black groups, um, and and helping our you know our countrymen, um, mm-hmm. making making America like back to making back like making America just better. Right. I right. Mm-hmm. so I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, I will save my cynicism until I hear what the black community has to say. Right, right. Okay, so next bit of news we have. Uh, Jamie, you know about that uh, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game coming out for the Switch next year? Yeah, yeah but NPC, right? Is it PC NPC, and yep, yep. Uh, they uh, revealed at GamesCon, which next week uh, I plan on putting together a list of all the big announcements from GamesCon so we can go over those. Um because it just wrapped up, I believe, the beginning of the week. I can't. I can't remember now. Could have been. Could have been on Wednesday. Um, but yes, we get to see April O'Neil as one of the playable characters, and it's got that Konami, um, you know, side scroller beat 'em up. Yeah, like I the Turtles at Ninja time. Turtles. Yeah, arcade game from the NES games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently you can you can be Splint Master Splinter as well. Um, but it, well, they never officially announced it, but in the gameplay, they actually show him with them going around. So it would make sense. Uh, I, I, lo- I found out about this from the announcement and I'm like, this is exactly the Ninja Turtles game. I want exactly. This I'm is exactly ex- it. <laughs> I'm so pumped for it as a turtles fan. <laughs> yeah. We will have to, we will have to, um, link up on switch and play that with, uh, uncanny Ryab. Yes, sir. I think that would be a fun time and Dungeon Master Mike as well, as long as yeah, he gets I to love be April it. O'Neil. Yeah, I I would love to play as April O'Neil mm-hmm. and uh, kick some ass. Yeah, yeah, in her yellow jumpsuit. Yep. Do you remember the 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 days when like, um, like the girl characters were for the girls, right? But there was only like one girl character, like like for example, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Like no one, none of the guys wanted to be the pink or the yellow ranger, and I think we've gotten to the point in our, you know, in our maturity that's just like, holy hell, yes, I want to be that character. She's badass, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're oh. usually the fastest characters, or uh, not even even like they just they just tend to be dope. <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. like it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I I, I cannot wait to be April O'Neil. And, and kick some ass with those uh, white colored knee high boots. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, we got ten minutes left. We're going to talk about this news story. Okay. That you screamed about in the chat. What was that? I screamed about a lot of shit. 
National video game scandal deepens as purchaser of historic Super Mario Bros. Oh my gosh. Revealed to be co-founder of company that graded and set its value. I have not even begun to scratch the surface of this story. I'm going to touch on this again in a future episode. Um, But this is kind of what I... uh, Let's do a thought experiment. Drunk thought experiment. The best kind. The, The best. You know, our, our 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 founding fathers established this country while well drunk because water wasn't safe to um, drink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Thought experiment. What do you get when you have a person or a group of really close friends that own the top company for rating video game paraphernalia? Right on a ten point zero scale, mm-hmm. and that's for condition. That's for like sealed uh, in the package. And sealed stuff. in the package, right? We got plenty of card collector companies that do that. We have plenty of companies that do that for comic issues. CGC. Our, yes, our 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 really wonderful, fantabulous friend Ryeb, uh has several of those on his wall, sealed comics. That are that are rated right. Okay, so yep. what do you? Do I've got a couple you, too. Yeah, what, what do you do when you have a a person or group of people that own the top company for video game paraphernalia, simultaneously owning the top company for auctioning off video game paraphernalia? You get a black magic fuckery. <laughs> like you get people that manipulate the economy for that shit. Here's the basic playbook, right? Here's here is the basic move that everyone says that they'll do. I own the company that rates this paraphernalia. I'm going to buy it. I will give it to myself to rate. I will rate it at a high price and then I will move it to my auction company and auction it for a minimal value of $100,000. That's like the basic. That's like textbook level. And they did that with Super Mario Brothers sealed. Okay. The company. Okay. So let's let me give a couple of references just so people know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. So there is a, um, a video game paraphernalia kind of rating company called, I think it's WADA. Um, yes. WADA. WADA. Okay. WADA Games. They You send stuff into them and they will grade it. They will look at everything from like, okay, what edition was this? What was, uh, how is the printing done? What's the ceiling? Is this original ceiling or is this repackaged? Um, and they will grade it on a 10 scale, right? 10.0 decimal scale. And um, they became the top of the top for grading. And because of that, that also um, encourages money flow. The closer you are to a 10.0, the more valuable your product is. So when you bring it to auction, you can get a good amount of money for it. And so the big um, case study for this was an original sealed Super Mario Brothers game that went for $100,000 at auction. Okay, the people that own Wata Games also owns the main auctioning venue for for this type of thing. Now, mm-hmm. if you're not an economist, it may not be immediately apparent. But let me tell you some of the weird gizmos that you can do with this. One thing that was that you can do, 
you can go to a con, buy a bunch of games that are just there. Uh, because if you've ever gone to a con and see a video game vendor, you'll see like old PS2 games that are still shrink-wrapped and stuff like that. That's, that's kind of a common sight. Submit it to your own company. Tell your own company, rate it like a 9.4. And that instantly raises the value of that piece and you sell it back in your own auction company where you don't have to pay any overhead. Right. Like, I mean, when I say pay over overhead, whenever you submit something to auction, a portion of whatever you get from the auction has to go to the auction house. But if you own the auction company, that does that's that's not an expense you worry about. So that's one of the basic things you can do. Uh, another thing you can do is you can purposely rate things low to drive the prices down on products that you are not interested in. And then drive that therefore drives the price upwards for for other things too you can buy like you can put anything you want into auction and and rate it um you can rate things purposely lower than what it's actually worth so what happened was the guy who owned water games or not the guy it was actually a few people who owned water games and the i don't remember what the auction venue is at uh or what it what it was named they could manipulate the economy of a video game collector paraphernalia. And it is illegal in things like real estate. It's illegal to do stuff like this in established businesses. But this, this area of, video, of collectorship within video games is new because we're, we had just entered the era where the NES, which isn't the first edition, like like newer gamers, uh, gamers in, in their early 20s won't realize, maybe they will, uh, but the, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES is not Generation 1, right? The Atari isn't even Generation 1. NES is actually third generation from like other things that were released prior to it, right? Um, so there's a lack of knowledge. We are just entering in the era where like, Stuff from the 80s is vintage. The 80s were 40 goddamn years ago. Right? Am I slurring because I'm so no, drunk no, right you're, now? You're, you're doing fine, man. Um, the 80s were 40 years ago. We're entering an era where literally the stuff that was meant to be played on a Nintendo Entertainment System really is rare. And to get your your NES running is rare, and it requires a special skill set with 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 special equipment that's no longer widely available. We are in the era where, like, the, those things are no longer meant to be played; they're meant to be framed and put on a wall. And you control the game, the the, the company that rates it, and you control the company that sells it. And you can create so much economic chaos with it. There, so okay, so in short, there was an article. I'm going to pull up the article that I posted on our chat. Uh, there's Gandalf with big titties. That I <laughs> <laughs> he um, had to bring that one up. Yes, uh, I posted that for um, for 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 Blair uh, whenever he decides to, to join us. Blair, you should join us for an episode. Um, okay, so this was. Uh, this this was reported by Seth Abramson, uh, and uh, basically he kind of he he did on the ground journalism. He didn't do just a Google search, but he found digital evidence based on Facebook conversations and 
and just kind of really doing on-the-ground journalism, he found out that there were people that owned water games. Specifically, there was one guy named Richard Lease, L-E-C-C-E, who was a co-founder of WADA, but he was never credited for the explicit purpose because he owned the main auction sites and main auction venues that dealt with these things. So he was uh, indeed an early minority stakeholder in WADA. He eventually, like he kept his, his stuff in WADA, but he would go on and own other things that would allow him to manipulate the collector's economy. This is something that's crazy. This isn't necessarily Activision Blizzard news, which is a scandal. This is something that is illegal in other um, industries, but it had the law hasn't caught up with in video games. As I said, we just entered that era where stuff is no longer meant to be played. It's meant to be framed and displayed. And because of that, the law hasn't caught up with it. So he released, this is a long-ass article that I have not been able to really chip into. So I'm going to get into this in future episodes. But the same people uh, that owned WADA also owned auction sites. And they were able Mm -hmm. to increase prices, gain a profit because they of their own fuckery. And they were able to also... um, control how much money other people, independent sellers and collectors were able to make. If it didn't match what they wanted, you didn't earn as much money. Uh, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to read a little bit more. I'm going to do a little bit more research. Next week, I'm going to get into this a lot more detail, but that's essentially right. what it is. This Now, this is big. This is really mm-hmm. big. This is bigger than Activision Blizzard uh, because not because whenever you get into an economic issue, um, mm-hmm. This is not going to. Uh, how does how do I say this? Just go uh, away. It's not just going to go away. The FTC is going to have to do an investigation. This mm-hmm. is going to go on for years, and new laws are going to come out of this. Right. So this is big. I would highly recommend that you look this up. Seth Abramson is the author, uh, and Water Games is the is the big one. If you just type those things into Google, you're going to find this article. It's pretty long. There are so many Twitter posts and tweets and, and, and things about it that go into it. I'll get into it next week. And I will talk about it a little bit more. It's really interesting. This is um, kind of like a behind the scenes thing. Right. Right. So that caught my eye. It's mm-hmm. big news. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, you nailed that right, right, uh, right on the hour. You ended that. That was actually very wow. impressive, Mike. That was uh, impressive. <laughs> like Man, to the second. I am good at what I do. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Call it a show. Um, next week, I am going to talk about Magic the Gathering uh, Netflix show. And here's the only thing yes. I know about Magic the Gathering. It's convoluted. <laughs> right. um, but I'll talk about it more next week. Perfect. Kevin Platinum, you got anything? Uh, I'm going to try to get on Twitch and play some Horizon Zero Dawn. And they did announce this week that that the release date for the second one is Mm. February 18th of next year. So awesome. That was some video game news we didn't cover. And Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is now spring 2022. So they, so that's shifted about a year. So, Right. right. Um, all right, uh, guys, thanks, thanks for listening. Go check out the other shows we have over on GNN. Like I said, you can catch Captain Platinum by myself over on the latest episode of Nerd Dome Podcast. With um, the Uncanny Ryup. With the Uncanny Ryup. It was a good time. Uh, we talked about many things that were not video games, but also some video games. Um, but yeah, and I guess that's all I got. Uh, hey, Captain. 
Hey, uh, hey, Luke, this week, will you uh, game harder? Sure. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hello, I'm the podcaster without fear, Luke. And I'm the uncanny Ryan. I am Kylie the Poodinger. I am the superior Caitlin. And I am the agitated Kyle. And, and we are most of the Nerd Dome Podcast. Every Friday, some variation of this group gets together and talks about all things nerd. The newest stuff in TV, movies, comics, video games, and more. So join us in the Dome every Friday to hear all things nerd. From a bunch of people who are probably a bit too into it. <laughs>